Fluent NYC presents the Be Fluent podcast, hosted by Marcia and Zina. Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 22 of the Be Fluent podcast, and I am your host, Sinan. And I'm Masha. Um, and in this episode, we're talking about growing up first-generation American, um, and um, I get the chance to interview the lovely Rebecca Herlick um, and, and chat about um, our upbringings since um, we kind of have similar backgrounds. Yeah, we talked a little bit about this in the last episode, which of course we really hope you you listen to and have thoroughly reviewed. Uh, lots of fun vocab there. Um, as always, every vocabulary word that we reviewed in the last episode, when you hear it in the interview, you will hear it with this sound, which signifies that it is one of our vocab words for this episode. So, of course, pay special attention to those words um, just to hear how they're used naturally and you know, further practice it. Uh, but so, yeah, as always, if there are any other words or expressions or phrases or even grammar that you um, struggle with, feel free to reach out and contact us. We'll talk about how to, how to do that at the end of the episode, as we typically do. Uh, but so, real quick, Mosh, let's talk about Rebecca a little bit, just to remind everyone here, how, how did you get to know her? Yeah, like, uh, like I said last time, um, Rebecca worked for Be Fluent for a bit, and um, then she left for a bit, went to France, and then after she came back from France, she worked at Be Fluent again, and so we've kind of kept in touch. And, um, <coughs> and tell us a little bit about uh, where she is now. So now she works at this really nice tea company called Palais well, Palais du Thé. Um, and we... Should, wait, hold on. P-A-L-A-I-S-D-U? Du? D-E. D-E, du, te, T-H-E, but the E has a little S. accent over it, right? Yeah, go to our Instagram. Oh, yes. oh, and you sorry. can find this episode, and we put the information there. Um, so, yeah, so she works there. Um, and she also has this really cool... Um, Instagram page um, called La Petite Polyglotte. God, I can't pronounce it very well. But it means the little polyglot. And polyglot means multi... Multilingual person. Someone who speaks a lot of languages. Or multi-skilled, I guess. Um, So we'll we'll tag her also on our Instagram page. Um, So yeah, we hope you... Enjoy the interview. And so le petit polyglot is uh, one word, L-E-P-E-T-I-T-P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T. Is that right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, and I, we'll probably do this one more time at the end of the episode so that you'll uh, remember it freshly and maybe go check her out. But uh, but so without any further ado, until, until uh, we're done and return, stay tuned for our episode, uh, for our interview. Ladies and gentlemen... Rebecca Herrick. Hi, and welcome to today's topic. 
Um, today's topic is growing up as a first-generation American, and we have the wonderful Rebecca with us today. Welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thanks for joining today. Um, I'm really excited to talk to you because um, I feel like we have kind of similar backgrounds in terms of growing up as first-generation Americans, um, and both of our parents are from Russia. So only my mom. Only your mom. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, where's your dad from? He actually grew up in the U.S. He's oh, okay. Yeah. Does, he, yeah. does he speak Russian? Not at all. Oh, interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah. I have questions for you about that. Okay. <laughs> so like, what was that like kind of growing up? Um, were you speaking Russian at home? Was Were you speaking English? Like... Yeah, totally. So my, like, up until I was five, I was mostly speaking Russian. I spent, like, the first five years of my life mostly living with my grandparents on my mother's side because my mother had just moved uh, to the U.S. and she met my father um, and then they had me. um, But they were still, like, kind of figuring out their lives. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I was living with my grandparents and... It was in a Russian community in Far Rockaway, and it was, like, completely Russian. Um, So when I actually started kindergarten, um, I had to take, like, I had to be in ESL classes. Um, Even though you were born here, right? Even though I was born here, which made my mother really upset. Like, she put up a whole fight. She's like, this doesn't make sense. But, I mean, that (laughs) it didn't make sense because I really wasn't speaking English that much. Um, But then, of course, yeah, once I started school, I, you know, had to, like, I switched modes into English completely. Um, And so eventually English became, like, my dominant language. Um, But, yeah, it was definitely, I think, as a young kid, it was a bit stressful. I definitely feel like it slowed me down at first in terms of learning. And at school, I had... You know, teachers were thinking, oh, is she like learning disabled or is it a language thing? So there was a lot of that up until probably middle school when I was like, I don't know, 12, 11, that I started to like feel better and did better in school. But like elementary school is like a really tough time. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, I think. So did you go to like a English speaking preschool or? No, I didn't do preschool, actually. I think, okay. I don't know if it's, uh, like, uh, mandatory now, but I think in, it's not. Okay. I don't think so, yeah. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, because I think it wasn't mandatory, and uh, so, yeah, I didn't do it. So you were mostly with your grandparents all the time. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, in my case, my parents were quite young when they had me, and then my grandparents took care of me, um, oh, okay. mm-hmm. and they didn't speak English, and it was like... Um, and I also grew up in a Russian-speaking neighborhood, but that in Washington Heights. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole community was Russian. Babysitters were Russian. Um, but I, I did go to, I think it was preschool, like at the Y. And mm-hmm. that was kind of interesting where you had to kind of, everyone was speaking English and suddenly you have to change your language. Um, and I think I... Uh, I spent a lot of time helping my grandparents translate things 
Um, oh, like when they would go to the store. Yeah, they just didn't speak, but they were able to kind of live in the city, you know? Yeah, that's what's great about New York. There's like little pockets of different languages happening and it's really cool. Yeah, and you can live and like not speak at all yeah. <laughs> <in> English. <laughs> but English is important. Yeah. Um, so did you feel like, I think that I felt that I was Russian until I went to Russia for the first time when I was about 21. Um, I v had visited for the first time and just interacting with people, I was like, I I'm very American. Mm -hmm. um, but I had grown up thinking, I'm Russian, I'm Russian. Mm -hmm. How about you? Yeah, that's a really good question. So I'm ashamed to say I've never been to Russia. It's definitely on my list of places to go once the world opens up again. Yeah. Um, so the thing is, I never even really questioned, like, I guess because my father was American, I probably felt like, yeah, okay, I'm American. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I know, I guess I've, I felt like I had like this dual identity of mm -hmm. like being Russian and American. But I must say in the Russian community, like when I speak with other Russians, especially now because I speak it less and I have an accent, um, they'll be like, oh, it's an American trying to speak Russian. Oh, okay. You know, so like I don't blend in completely in the Russian community now. Um, there's still a bit of like a, maybe, I don't know if it's a disconnect or something, but um, yeah, so I find, found that interesting. It's like the moment they hear me speak, they're like, oh, okay. You know. They like judge you or put you good, in. Good for you, but you're not one of us. <laughs> that type of thing. Um, but then I have also gotten the comment sometimes from Americans are like, oh, you have a bit of an accent in English. Where are you from? Mm. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what accent they're hearing. Maybe there's something, maybe like that I picked up from my mother. She has a bit of an accent. Um, so it's also weird because yeah, I feel like in the U.S. I'm not considered like fully like American, American, like you know, like your typical American. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess I'm like in this in between. Uh, phase but so like for you you feel like now after going having gone to Russia you feel like okay I'm American well I um I and like I I only went for such a short amount of time I you know I was only mm -hmm. there for a few weeks and then I went again for like four days when my grandfather was passing away um so I, I don't I've, I've never actually like lived there or been there for too long but mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I don't really, like, I understand the culture. I love the jokes. You know, there's a lot of, like, Instagram things about having Russian parents that I yeah. can relate to in many ways, and I understand the grandmother things. But I just, yeah, I, I don't connect with it, I think, as much. Mm -hmm. um, and I think my other friends went to Russia, like, all the time, every summer. Uh, um, most of the kids that I grew up went to Russia every summer, and and yeah, I felt always like a little bit out of place, but not like I, we didn't do Thanksgiving in my family. We didn't do a lot of like the American mm -hmm. traditions, you know, I see. Um, and my parents, you know, they didn't watch Star Wars or like any of the like cultural things that American kids did. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot 
a lot of stuff that I didn't really understand growing up when kids were joking or like I got my gap pants way too late or like my LA gear <laughs> shoes way too late. <laughs> yeah. Did you have like a really short boyish haircut as a kid? Of course. Okay, yeah, same. I feel like that's a rite of passage. <laughs> and that was like right before first grade, so that was great. <laughs> yeah, all my, my photos from up until I was probably like 12, I can't look at them. I look like a boy. <laughs> yeah, my fashion was just like daffies, you know, which <laughs> I always had hand-me-downs from like people from other countries, you know, which now would be considered cool, but at that point it was not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but what about your relationship with your grandparents? Like, uh, for me, my grandparents were, were a big part of my life as a, chi- as a kid. My father's mother and my mother's father kind of, they, the, they raised me. Um, and I just remember, like, the food and lots and lots of food. Yeah. How about, how about you? Yeah, I mean, my, so my father's parents, they their grandparents were from Russia. So there is still the Russian connection, but they, they were like very American, but they lived in Florida. So I didn't really see them that much. Mm. Um, but yeah, like my mother's parents, um, they, re- they really were like us, my f- first parents really like mm. as a kid, I grew up with them primarily. Um, so yeah, like they were a huge part of my life and, you know, my grandmother's still alive. So she's like still really present in my life. I talk to her like every day, hmm. you know, so, and yeah, the food, 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 like that was essential to, to life <laughs> as a kid. And even now it's like, um, you just, I don't know, you just, it's part of like everything. I guess, I don't know, a lot of cultures have that, like the Italians as well. And yes, yes. I just feel like she introduced me to, like, really being, like, the typical domestic woman. And there mm-hmm. was a lot of that um, as well that I think she and my mother um, butted heads about that. Um, because my grandmother is very traditional and like, you know, you cook for your husband when he comes home and my mother's like, no way. Like, <laughs> this is not how that works. Um, and I don't want my daughter seeing that. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely interesting to see like how the generations kind of change and develop. And um, it's really universal, I think, too. Like it's not just like a Russian thing um, yeah the grandmother and the food yeah the food yeah. yeah exactly but yeah I like need to get more recipes because I I learned a few things from her like vinaigrette mm-hmm. and then the Olivier salade de vieux yeah yeah um, those are like my go-tos they're so easy to make um, it, and everything is just mayonnaise based so yes, you just yes. need to have mayo in the fridge at all times <laughs> you um do you like borscht oh absolutely yeah it's so good I haven't had it in a while I need to it's easy to make it's so yeah. my grandmother like I always watch her in the kitchen and it'd be like so how, how do you like what's the rest oh just a cup of this and a cup and the cups were just like the big like <laughs> random glass cups yeah just a cup of this and she never <laughs> measured anything oh yeah no so. measurement yeah so 
Yeah, it was great. And then there's like two kinds of borscht. Have you did you have like the cold one and the hot one? Yeah, and like the meat based or the vegetable based. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So but yeah, there was so much to like I remember the first time I tried tongue. Mm, I yeah. love tongue. Oh my god. Yeah, it's so good. But the first time I tried I just had no idea what it was and then when I realized what it was freaked me out a little but <laughs> when i when i went to japan we yeah. went to kyoto and i think in japan they eat uh cow tongue as well oh, okay. and mm-hmm. um we went to it was just a tongue restaurant and we had no idea and oh, so wow. we, we couldn't read the the characters and so mm-hmm. we walked in and it was like all right and then they gave us the english onion it was like tongue 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 so for me i was like yes <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but for Americans, I'm sure. Sinan was like, can I get a salad, please? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so, um, do you feel like, um, you know, having that other language at home helped you learn other languages? You speak French fluently. Um, Do you think having that helped you kind of travel or to be able to learn other cultures? a little easier yeah absolutely I think just having that bilingual upbringing um, definitely kind of geared my brain to more how do I say this to, to easily pick up other languages because in college I was like obsessed with it I wanted to learn Italian and I did that for a little um, and then I did German and then I decided to like pursue French more. Um, and it was a lot easier to learn, I think, because uh, there's a lot of similarities in terms of vocabulary in Russian. Mm-hmm. Um, and so also, I don't know if you also had that experience, but like Russians and French are like, have a mutual obsession with each other oh yes Um, (laughs) yeah so with my mother you know with her own background she was like you're learning French whether you like it or not you know so like when when I started I think it was middle school you had to choose uh Spanish Italian or French she was like there's no question because I wanted to learn Spanish initially I was like I'm in New York Spanish is spoken so widely here it would be useful she's like no you're going to do French. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Russian moms, there's no arguing with that. <laughs> so I did that and then uh, continued with it. And yeah, I ended up like going all the way with it and then moved to France. And that, I just think because I wasn't just coming from an American background, mm. I felt maybe, I don't know if it's more open or just like I could easily adapt. Mm. Uh, but also, you know, it's it's Europe. It's not a huge uh, change, really, yeah. um, in terms of culture. But um, and I think, yeah, being abroad as well. I don't know if you felt that, like when you've traveled and lived abroad. Um, that's when I feel the most American. Is when I see other people pinpoint like, oh, American. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And I'm like, oh, really? Is it that obvious? <laughs> it's New York. It's not American. It's yeah, New York. exactly. It's the whole identity in itself. <laughs> yeah, right. I um, I think like food for me was such a big part 
um, mm-hmm. of growing up. And, and I think that like eating a lot of Russian foods helped me be able to like try other foods because, you know, Russian food, I mean, what is Russian food? It's such like a wide variety, right? There's sure. like Russian Jewish food, which I think mm-hmm. most people associate Russian food with. Mm-hmm. And there's like food, uh, like Russian, Russian food, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I grew up eating like the Russian Jewish food, which is a lot of like smoked fish and yeah. mayonnaise and some gelatin stuff sometimes. <laughs> um, so I felt like I was, you know, when I traveled to other places, I was like, oh, I can try these foods or they're similar to you know to ru- the Russian food I grew up with yeah yeah you definitely have a wider like palette palette yeah <laughs> than your typical American yeah and it's true I, I didn't even really think about the Jewish aspect but I think because my father has also that Russian Jewish background there I feel like that's why my parents connected too um was that there was that similarity. So I guess between like my mother and my father growing up with both of them, there was still that connection of like Russian Jewish heritage. Yeah. So um, now you're like working within like French company, right? You're using French every a lot or? Yeah. So yeah, the, we have, um, we're like a small subsidiary in the U.S. So um, we are in touch with the French headquarters on a daily basis. Um, so, yeah, I do use French every day, almost every day. Mm-hmm. That's good. And, and do you feel like at some point, do you want to like, how do you feel about speaking Russian these days? Would you want to like incorporate it or are you, are you feeling like French is more comfortable or? Yeah, I definitely feel like French is more comfortable, mostly because of the alphabet. Mm. Um, The Cyrillic for me was extremely difficult. And as a kid, I was very lazy. And I I remember my grandmother always trying to sit me down and like, let's read and Mm. let's learn the alphabet. I was like, no. (laughs) (laughs) So I definitely regret that now. I can read it a little but very slowly and writing is impossible I can mm-hmm. text a little bit you know just because the letters are already there yeah um, Russian yeah, is really hard Russian so is hard. grammar everything is hard yeah and all those I forgot what it's called they have it in German um oh the the mm, not the tenses but the uh yeah you know, you know. <laughs> de, de dem das the yes. uh, that exactly i hate it i hated it in cases german. the cases, the cases or something like there. That. yeah in german yeah. it was so hard i think in russian it's even harder it's even worse yeah so, uh so for now i've kind of just used it in at home with family mm-hmm. um but yeah i mean we you know russians love tea we get a lot of customers and clients that are russian oh nice okay uh, yeah and if I just sometimes really wish I felt more comfortable just being like, hey, let's speak in Russian, because now I, I feel very self-conscious. And, you know, if it's like business related, I don't I, I'm a bit nervous. But if it's just, you know, family or even some friends, then I don't mind uh, speaking. Um, but, yeah, I think that's definitely kind of what has kept me from really getting my Russian to a really good level is the speaking and the writing. 
yeah and that's hard I I, I didn't do Saturday school but a lot of my friends did mm-hmm. the reading the writing and they also went to Russia so they you know always had the upper hand in terms mm-hmm. of the language yeah but you're able to read and write still um I can I can read um writing when I was a kid my mom was really mean about my Russian so like Um, every time I would like write a letter in Russian and it was wrong she would like post it on the refrigerator for all her friends to laugh at so um, so I got really self-conscious about that kind of stuff because it um, it was so I can read I can understand I can speak but yeah the writing is kind of like third grade level you know yeah, yeah. So, or maybe second grade first. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But. And what about you mentioned Saturday school? I was going to ask, did you do like what was your extracurricular life like? Because I feel like Russian kids have a thousand extracurriculars. Oh, I did gymnastics. I did ballet. <laughs> I did like sports. I did, you know, yeah. I was oh, like summers were of course, vacation, but they were always, you know, I had to do something. So Mm -hmm. during my summers in elementary and high school, like, or junior high and high school, I had to go abroad and study a language, Mm -hmm. which is, I'm not complaining, which is great. Mm -hmm. Um, So I went to Spain, I went to France, I went to Germany. So every summer had to be utilized in some way. Um, And there was always a sense, because I grew up a lot with my grandparents, it was like, you got to wake up early you got to start the day. So to this day, I wake up at seven every day, whether I go to sleep at 4am. And there's always a sense of like time, don't waste time. Time is so yes. important. Yes. Uh, none of my Anglo friends understand this. And they just think I'm this neurotic freak. <laughs> but I'm like, no, it's just that's how well, it's just all bringing, right? It's like, <laughs> yeah. Wait, so what am I doing? So this like Fair pandemic enough. has been really weird for me because I'm like, whoa, <laughs> time. <laughs> yeah, I can't leave my house. What am I gonna do with myself? Yes, yes, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, so comforting to hear, honestly. <laughs> yeah, but it and it doesn't. It just like, I don't know. Like this pandemic made me really think about that and like. Mm-hmm do I need to be busy every second and and it was kind of dangerous because it was like whoa <laughs> can I go back to that yeah you know yeah. But yeah that Russian-ness of like you know you gotta get up get going you know mm-hmm. always kind of productive always yeah. yeah productivity is so important yeah exactly <laughs> yeah it wasn't until I got to college when I you know moved out of the house that I understood the concept of a weekend. Mm. Like up until then, all my weekends were like music school. Yeah. And then Sunday is devoted to doing homework. Yeah. So I was basically working seven days a week. And then I went to college and people were like, oh, it's the weekend. Want to do brunch? I was like, <laughs> what is this brunch? <laughs> like, <laughs> you just go and enjoy alcohol at 12 noon? I'm like, what? What about the rest of the day? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah <laughs> but also like I think at the same time I don't know like so in my case just the idea of independence like we, I was left alone quite early I think now it's not very legal to leave your kids alone at such a young age but we were just like left alone mm-hmm. or like cooking had to like I was cooking at nine years old and I don't know mm-hmm. if that's because I grew up with a single mom but mm-hmm. like it was just 
come on, you're in, you're older now, so you have to accept these responsibilities, you know. Oh, interesting. And you were an only child. I was an only child. I was the first American. Okay. So there was always like, oh, Americanka пришла. Like the American came. So for my grandparents, I was this like, ama- oh my. So they would hear me speak English. They'd be like, you you like can say that? Like you is that real? So I was really. I had two grandparents here. So three grandparents. So my grandmother remarried. And they were always like so amazed by, by my ability to speak English. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's true. I mean, America was, I guess, for their generation, like what they saw in the movies and like yes. this unattainable dream. And so then to like have their offspring be a part of that is like. Incredible. Yeah. No pressure, obviously. But no pressure. <laughs> so much. <laughs> you have to be the next Bill Gates. Exactly. <laughs> Um, well, so, um, I guess my last question is, um, yeah, for like learners who are learning English, right? Since you've learned so many languages, what, what advice do you have? Ooh, the big question. (laughs) It could be anything. I would say just enjoy the experience. Like, I feel like so many people go into language learning with, like, this pressure to, like, I need to be fluent in a year or six Mm. months or whatever. Yeah. And everyone learns at their own level, at their own pace. And just, there's something like, like a childlike wonder, wonder about learning languages. It's like, Mm. you're in a way going back to, like, when you were just learning to speak as a kid as a baby yeah um and it's really rare that you can do that with any other kind of subject I feel you Mm -hmm. know yeah um and so I feel like yeah there's like a part of your inner kid that can kind of come out when you're learning a new language so I feel like yeah take away that like adult pressure of like I need to like be really good at this and just like be a kid again and enjoy Mm -hmm. like making new sounds with your mouth and, and, you know, making mistakes as well and all of that. Just, like, enjoy it and put away that pressure. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Because I think a lot of people put pressure on themselves oh, yeah. um, when learning language, and then, then it becomes so hard. Yeah, and then you don't learn as well because you're just focused on I feel like so many people focus on like the mistakes they make, but like mm. that's a part of the process. Yeah. And okay. just, yeah. You can learn so much from them, from exactly. the mistakes and just. Oh, absolutely. And then laugh about them later. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Well, thanks so much. Thanks for taking the time to talk to me it today. Was so fun. Thank you for having me. Thank you. nice uh thank you so much rebecca great thank interview you. thank you masha as always mm-hmm. for procuring our illustrious guests yeah that was fun it was fun to talk about uh like our childhood mm-hmm. sorry we ran on a little bit longer than we usually do uh with this one but you know there wasn't a lot to cut out and i felt like it, 
you know, it was a really good natural chat. So I, I think our listeners will benefit from hearing the whole thing, perhaps. Uh, without further ado, let's just wrap this thing up. Uh, again, thanks for checking in. Follow us on Twitter um, at BeFluentNYC or at BeFluentPodcast. We have two accounts. Uh, please reach out at the BeFluent Podcast account with any questions you have about the interview or anything else. Uh, also, Mosh, where do they find, where will our very loyal, lovely listeners find us on Instagram or Facebook? So just BeFluentNYC on Instagram and Facebook. Um, and what about our guest? One more time for the people in the back. So, yeah, you can follow Rebecca's um, uh, Instagram account, which uh, is a really nice way to learn or kind of see what French is like. And it's called... Hold on. Le Petit Polyglot? Or? Yes, La Petite. La? La. Oops, I got it wrong. I said L-E before. Whoops. It's L-A... P-E-T-I-T Polyglot P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T E E Oh, because it's most French L-A-P-E-T-I-T-E-P-O-L-Y-G-L-O-T-T-E Oh my gosh, I'm just saying wrong information Well, just check out our, you know, on our page you'll see the post about her and you can find the information yeah uh as always don't listen to me listen to masha (laughs) and take her word on how to spell these things but yeah check her out on instagram um reach out to her i think she might be teaching french you know or uh, i'm not sure if that's the case but she was she used to certainly i think that that la petite polyglot thing is sort of it's playing on french language stuff so you know if you're interested in learning french definitely check it out Uh, But yeah, stay tuned for our next episode as well. We'll be back shortly. I'm going to take over and interview a friend, um, Matt, or Matthew William Carter. Um, I will, uh, yeah, we'll tell you all about it in the the next episode as we introduce the vocab for it and everything. But um, stay tuned for that. Uh, And as always, uh, it's a pleasure making these episodes for you folks. Stay tuned. We'll be back. Bye. See you later, folks. Thank you for listening. I hope you liked this episode. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.